Hey everyone, welcome to the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Very glad to have you with me today. Coming up on today's program, a number of us are getting ready to send our kids off to college in a couple of weeks. Uh, in fact, we'll be moving kids in pretty darn soon. A lot of campuses are going to be doing all kinds of different things to make sure the kids can learn in a safe fashion. Universities are doing their part, trying to make sure that there's socially distant classes, some online offerings, some in-person offerings. But what are the businesses that serve students doing to make sure that they are not creating a situation which could be potentially dangerous due to COVID? Well, we're going to find out a little bit more about how the state is dealing with that on today's program. Stick around for The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for checking out the show today. I really do appreciate it. So as I said in the intro, universities getting ready to reopen their doors to students, dormitories, school classroom buildings, everything being retrofitted in a number of ways. Offerings being changed, some online offerings, some in-person offerings, sca- uh, staggered schedules, all kinds of different things that colleges around the state are doing to prepare. But a lot of people are suggesting that the real concern when it comes to the pandemic and COVID and whether or not kids are safe when they are at school is what happens when they are not on campus. What about the bars? What about uh, the gyms that kids go to? What about restaurants? What about stores? What are they doing to make sure that they are not creating a situation where students might be congregating or being a little less careful than they should be? Well, the state of Michigan is actually doing quite a bit about this. They're hosting a series of webinars for businesses in college towns around the state. The first couple have already been held and there are more coming over the next few weeks. You can get a lot of information at michigan.gov about that, especially when it's uh, the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity. They're the ones hosting that. So if you go to LEO, the LEO section of michigan.gov, you can get information on when these are taking place and how you can participate if you've got questions. But we thought we would ask a few questions of our own right now. Our guest today for the program is the person leading these webinars. His name is Sean Egan. He's the Michigan COVID-19 Workplace Safety Director for the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity here in the state, and he joins us right now. Sean, welcome to the Craig Folly Show. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Craig. Glad to be here. Well, this uh, you've had a couple of these seminars already, uh, these webinars, uh, to help some of these college towns really prepare for an influx of students once again. As a dad who's getting ready to send his son back to school in Kalamazoo, uh, I'm glad these are happening. Uh, tell me a little bit about the first couple that have been there. What sort of questions are you getting right now from, from people that work in these college towns? Uh, A lot of good questions, Craig. So we really want to focus in, like you know, and the reason we're talking on those businesses that thrive off the campus environment and just help them recognize that they have a role. The college has done a great job putting plans together on how they're going to handle campus life and outbreaks and quarantines and everything else, but all of us have to be engaged in it. So those businesses, we really want them to understand. We understand how they make a living, that that campus life is important. Uh, and there's a profit uh, motive to try to make sure they make as many sales as possible. But really encourage them to focus in on how they're going to maintain their workplace, as well as crowd control, how they're going to change their environment to accommodate containing COVID. Well, it certainly seems as if we learned a bit of a lesson from uh, East Lansing earlier this year uh, with the outbreak that was centered around one uh, establishment near campus. 
that seems to have gotten a lot of people's attention. Uh, and, and do you get a sense that a lot of these businesses are taking this much more seriously than they might have had that not occurred? Um, I hope so. I think that uh, what I, I tr- that was a, a big case. What I try to remind everybody is that we, you know there's going to be potentially dozens of small cases of in a similar fashion, right? That we really need to focus in on, and be aware of. Uh, and one of the things that we saw there, I want to make sure that those businesses understand is, is, you know, it's not just about the seating inside. How are you going to handle the 100 people lined up outside if you're one of those types of establishments and make sure that you're dispersing people. And what we really know about COVID is that social distance, these face coverings and good hygiene are critical to containing it and make sure that we're spacing, making sure that we're requiring those face coverings are just critical to containing this outbreak. Well, you know, I've been talking to a number of uh, people involved in the university world uh, here in the state over the course of the last few months about their plans to reopen. And and one of the concerns that they have all had is saying, look, we can control what happens on campus to a degree. uh, But what happens when they're not on campus is something that we don't necessarily have that much control over. Uh, What is the state's role going to be in terms of ensuring that these things are being handled properly? Because, you know, enforcement is a is a tough game. Absolutely. And it's going to take all levels, as you know, from public health, local law enforcement, local fire departments, all the way up the chain. And we're connected with all the local public health departments. We communicate regularly on issues that they're facing. I know that they are out there doing these things. Uh, Some local cities have done uh, local public health is considering lowering the gathering size. They have a lot of authority in Michigan, so they can actually lower outdoor gathering sizes. Uh, There are some cities considering ordinances to hold landlords available or uh, accountable uh, for things that they may have control over. I've heard of one city that hired security for a lot uh, that is sort of a a natural congregation for people to control that. I mean, there's just a lot of things that we can all be doing uh, up and down the chain. Certainly in the workplace, our folks over at Myosha have a lot of authority to investigate and hold employers accountable. And we're just working at through all channels. We don't want it to be a penalty focus though, Craig. We really want the community to understand that, you know, they need to push out to their fellow business owners because it's not necessarily that we're going to be able to find the bad actor Uh, By the time we do, COVID is spread. And as those numbers climb, it puts the governor and the DHHS in a position where they have to make very tough decisions, which are going to impact every business and every student and everyone. So we really are are hoping that uh, we all start to take ownership and control over what we can control and think about what we can do, not just what we have to do. I should remind people, my guest right now, Sean Egan, who is Michigan's COVID-19 Workplace Safety Director. We're talking about a series of webinars being hosted by the Michigan Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity uh, with business owners in college towns around the state to answer their questions and let them know what their responsibilities are in terms of minimizing uh, COVID's impact on college students here in the state. And of course, uh, that means that we're all potentially impacted by something like that. Uh, like I said, you've had two of these already, uh, one in Kalamazoo, one in East Lansing. You've got them set up for other communities. Obviously, people can join any one they want to, but if they want to have a city-specific one, uh, you know, the dates are out there. But, uh, you know, one of the first questions I asked you were the types of questions you're getting from business owners. Do they feel like they have a role to play here? Absolutely. And I think uh, what we're hearing is they, they understand this message. I think their concern is, 
how do we reach those other businesses? When you do a webinar, certainly people are self-selecting in and they're more interested. So what we really need their help with is to push back down to those other businesses that they may know, work through the uh, Liquor and Beverage Association or your local chamber or whomever and really get that word on the street that your business and what you do impacts my business and my livelihood as well, as well as all those working people that need those, those jobs, uh, as we all do, uh, to keep moving forward. Well, I, one of the big challenges here, though, uh, is, again, getting the message through to the young people themselves. Uh, if, if these businesses want to be successful, they want to thrive in this era, obviously, it's going to take responsible behavior on the part of the people who patronize these businesses as well. What can we do to make sure that that message is something that resonates with people who might otherwise feel that they're somewhat uh, you know, indestructible at this point in their lives? Absolutely. I think that um, the colleges are working really hard to connect with student leaders as well as fraternity and sorority leaders. Uh, if they have those, they're working hard with landlords and others. I think it's important to just keep in mind that um, it, it, the focus on college towns isn't because these are just young people, but to your point, Craig, uh, just recognizing that the virus spread right now appears to be growing in that 20 to 29 age group versus all the others. And while physically maybe it doesn't have as much impact on them individually, we do know there are cases where these unfortunately folks in that age group have died, um, but they're gonna spread those numbers out in our community to the point that that safe start plan in Michigan has to move in different directions, right? The governor has been very clear that we're trying to move forward but that plan can go backwards as well. And that's not a place that we want our economy, working people, business owners, or those students to have to, to go uh, because we didn't do our part to contain COVID. Well, Mr. Egan, you did point out that the goal here is not, you know, it's, it's not trying to be punitive here because by the time you have to punish somebody, then, then, you know, the horse is already out of the barn. Um, So, but, but I'm wondering though, if a lot of the questions you're getting from these business owners are indeed about that enforcement component, like what kind of trouble would I get in if these things happen? I I, I'm assuming that that's something that they want to know. Oh, absolutely. As they all know, in the executive orders, there's the misdemeanor penalties, which include uh, potential fines. If it's a workplace issue, Myosha has a lot of authority and that can include penalties of up to $7,000. Uh, DHHS and local public health have some additional penalties that they can put on there. Uh, it can affect your license, uh, whether that's a liquor license or an operational license or a professional license, you can absolutely impact your license because following the law and executive orders uh, are being enforced that way as well. So there are enough tools uh, across these agencies if we have to use them. Uh, But really with COVID, it's so much outreach and education because as I remind everybody, it's the novel coronavirus, meaning it's first of its kind. Uh, That means we're all learning how to handle it and none of us have the immunities for it. So we have to approach it from that mindset that, you know, we understand that businesses don't fully understand what they need to do, but uh, they need to do what the follow the guidelines and information that we're providing. 
Well, you know, and it's not just the businesses that are looking for clarity here. And I mean, especially since the early days of, of some of the governor's executive orders on this, there has been some some questioning on the part of law enforcement about what their role is here. Uh, you mentioned, of course, that you're working with law enforcement agencies in these towns. How important is it to connect them with the business owners so that they all sort of understand uh, what their role is going to be and what they're responsible for? Well, I think that's uh, critical, Craig, because... Um, you know, we have seen some law enforcement agencies suggest that they're not, they may not uh, push on the masking mandate. They s normally say that for individuals. That's a resource allocation piece, recognizing that they can't be all around uh, enforcing that requirement at all times. But when it comes to your business, you also, as a business owner, have to require the face covering. And if you ask somebody to leave and they will not, that is a trespass issue. And business owners need to know that. And if they do contact authorities with that trespass issue, authorities will respond. And authorities have said they will respond. So connecting local law enforcement to local businesses, we don't want business owners thinking that the police said they're not gonna do anything, therefore there's nothing I can do, because that's not true. So connecting them with local law enforcement to make sure they understand the role that local law, law enforcement can play um, is critical to making sure that they can do the things they need to do in their business. Well, uh, one last question for you, and I do appreciate the time you've been able to give us today, Sean. Uh, you know, how many people have been showing up for these first couple, and uh, what are you expecting going forward in terms of how many people are going to participate? Um, we've had, uh, I, you know, I don't know the exact numbers. We did Kalamazoo Tuesday. We did East Lansing yesterday. We're in Grand Rapids and Allendale today, and we're going to be moved. That's the only silver lining of the Zoom meeting era, right? Is you get around <laughs> the state really, really fast. Um, uh, we've had, uh, you know, hundreds of people checking these things out, participating, good questions coming in. Um, that is one thing to note, Craig, that one thing that's really different about what we've been doing all along is we include a Q&A period, a live Q&A period where I'm going off the cuff to try to answer these questions. We have the Liquor Control Commission and Fire Inspector with us on these ones to help with some of those capacity and licensing issues. So it's a great resource. It's not just a, here's the slide deck and we're gonna talk about it. It's, there's a lot more interaction that we can have. So we've had great participation. It's only growing from here. And uh, like you said, if you missed one before, feel free to jump on one of the upcoming ones. And we've been doing live Q and A's every week, Craig, too. <clears throat> that we'll continue doing uh, that people can check in with. And, you know, I, I will talk to anyone anywhere at any time to try to just spread this message and, and help provide clarity around what businesses and workers need to be doing. Well, I do want to give you an opportunity to, to talk about how well you think we're doing as a state in terms of complying uh, with some of this, because like I said, it is sort of confusing for a lot of people. Um, we've seen some high profile incidents where people obviously don't want to wear a mask and that gets spread on social media pretty quickly. But it seems for the most part that people are complying with this and we're having a, a, a good effect uh, in terms of the numbers that we're seeing in Michigan compared to a lot of the rest of the country. We don't have anything like the Sturgis bike rally happening here right now. Um, so Give me a sense as to where you think people are around the state in terms of compliance and making sure that we can do this safely. Well, I think the uh, governor has been very strong in leading this charge and our stay home, stay safe order, which was very difficult, was very strong. We carried it longer than many other places. Some places, as you know, didn't do it at all and are having challenges themselves. Um, 
our masking requirements been enhanced and we've seen a huge increase in uh, compliance with the face covering requirement. You cannot stress enough that, that social distance, six feet or more, and the face coverings, uh, about 40% or so of the, the spread of this is believed to come from asymptomatic people. Another percentage is from pre-symptomatic people. And I remind everybody that means they feel fine and they're gonna be spreading this virus. So these face coverings at social distance, the hygiene, the capacity limits are critical. And what we see out there is uh, small business, large business, really trying, really trying to do things. And small tweaks here and there, a couple more ideas here and there, and they're really getting in the flow of things that need to happen. And certainly we, like you said, we'll, we'll have some high profile, uh, you know, bad actors that, that we'll see in the media and everything else. But by and large, we're seeing strong compliance. And our MIOSHA folks have told me that if they do get complaints or they have other issues that they're working with employers on, they're getting about 90 to 95% compliance with the, the requirements just by talking them through what they need to be doing. And we have a great hotline if people need it for employees or employers at 855-SAFE-C19 to talk directly with Myosha on things that they need to be doing in the workplace. And I'll definitely put that number uh, on the post for this as well, just so people have it. But just real quick, I mean, have you gotten some good suggestions from the people in terms of the way that you should approach this that you hadn't thought about before? Oh, absolutely. Like I said, it's novel. We're all learning. So we want to find and see the best actors and what they're doing. We actually have a, a link on our Michigan.gov COVID workplace safety site to help find the best actors so that we can share ideas from businesses. Um, you know, there are all kinds of good ideas. Whether or not we can make them like a, a requirement is hard because every business is a little bit different, but sharing those ideas is huge. But yeah, we've ex absolutely received a lot of good inquiries and good ideas. And I always add them to these webinars that we're doing so that others hear about them. Well, and again, we should remind folks where they can go to get information on the webinars themselves. If they go to the Michigan uh, Labor and Economic Opportunity homepage and just click on our news link, the uh, original press release with all the information as well as links to every, every location, they're all going to be at 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. on the days that we're doing them. So you can connect with any of those towns that we're going to be in. All right. Well, we certainly appreciate it. And we appreciate the effort here. Uh, like I said, as a, as a dad getting ready to send his son back to Kalamazoo, it's a, a kind of a big deal. So we appreciate it very much. Thanks so much, Craig. And as a dad taking mine to MSU on Saturday, I understand fully. <laughs> well, congratulations. Thank you. Sean Egan, Michigan COVID-19 Workplace Safety Director, joining us here on the Craig Folley Show on Deadline Detroit. We certainly do appreciate him being here to answer questions. And again, you can just go to michigan.gov. There's a section for that department uh, on their website, and you can see where the dates and times are for all of these uh, seminars, webinars that are going on in regards to this. One of the things that we're going to be doing over the course of the next couple of weeks, hopefully, as long as I get these interviews scheduled, which I'm trying to do, is, is talk to some of the schools around the state about how they're dealing with this. Uh, we're also going to be talking about how individual school districts for K-12 through are dealing with all of this and what's going on around the state. So go to DeadlineDetroit.com. We've got a lot of stories about that. Don't forget, you can always give me some feedback. The Craig Folly Show at gmail.com is the best way to reach out to me. I get those emails and I respond. You can also find me on social media. I try to put up a lot of posts every day, so just look for me there. And you can always send me messages via Messenger, etc. Uh, not a bad way to get in touch. Also, don't forget, sponsorship opportunities are available on this program as well. And if your business, if you think that uh, what you have to offer is something that my audience might appreciate, 
hey, give me a call. We can work something out and uh, might be a little bit uh, more affordable than a lot of you realize. So think about that too. Every little bit helps and our numbers are going in the right direction. We're getting more and more people all the time and I really, really do appreciate that. All right, reminder, Friday, the week that was, live at 11.30 on Facebook. And of course, it's made available as a podcast later in the day. And the video will be at DeadlineDetroit.com if you cannot join us live at 11.30 tomorrow. But we've got a lot to talk about. Obviously, history with Joe Biden's pick uh, of Kamala Harris as his vice presidential running mate. That's a big deal. So we'll get into that tomorrow and uh, some of the attacks that are already being leveled there. Uh, Does she have some weaknesses that could be exploited? We'll get into all of that. Plus, of course, we have our weekly schmuck of the week competition. We'll get into that as well. It's always a lot of fun. So again, live on Facebook at 1130 tomorrow. Hopefully you can join us for that. And if you can't, don't worry, I make it available. Um, But again, if you like it, share it with people. Rate the program. Make sure you schedule it to download. I don't even care if you listen every time. It doesn't matter. But if you do every once in a while, I appreciate that very much. Okay, everybody, have a fantastic day. We will talk again soon. Again, the week that was on Friday. Don't miss it. It's a lot of fun. The Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit. Deadline Detroit has some of the best journalists in the city. We're asking you to support independent local journalism by joining our $3 a month membership. Just go to our website and click the ad at the top or go to www.deadlinedetroit.com slash membership.